up guys welcome back to another episode of adjusting a life it's your boy marcus with the crew with the squad and we're back with another episode baby and i'm telling you this one is gonna be gonna be very very good i just want to start off by kind of asking the guys you know how everybody's day been today because you know we always started off how your day been today danny my day's been pretty good um you know i had a double dose of uh of pathology and you know urine analysis so it was a it was a good day had a lot on my plate today but you know we're pushing it through um today's a sunny skies um you know great weather to be outside you know study outside and stuff like that i uh i'm very excited to you know enjoy the rest of my day how about you alex how's your day been uh my day's been great thanks for asking danny um i had uh, my TRT lecture and then just a couple other I had a lab so it's been a you have two classes okay I had just a TRT lecture <laughs> you got two classes the whole quarter I just wanted to sound really good yeah I just had one lecture so it's been a chill day what about you Ken how's your day uh pretty good I mean I woke up pretty happy today so today's a kind of a good day the weather's starting to get better like Danny gave us the meteorology report <laughs> so you know now it's just uh basically relaxing for the rest of the day and studying a little bit but how about you Jan? Well my day has been great. Yesterday I, uh, I stayed up late studying. Uh, today it's just been a, another hard day. We ate. We almost done with this. You know, gave pounding hard one ortho. That's it. What about you Marcus? I appreciate you asking. As you guys know, they rarely ask about my day or anything um, towards me. But um, my day has been very, very well. Um, I've been enjoying the day. It's been, like Danny said, it's been very, very beautiful outside. Um, I love, you know, I love the weather change. But it's very, very bipolar <laughs> around here. But I do I do love um, the weather and stuff like that. But it's just a whole lot of studying that's going to be going on. Because it is week eight, guys. Um, but I kind of want to start off by just letting you guys know we have a very, very special guest today. Um, you guys are going to love, love this episode, I promise you. I would like to go ahead and introduce Dr. Lungsford. How are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. I just want to say thank you for inviting me to come out. I'm very excited to be here. Yes, sir. I appreciate you. I kind of wanted to just start off by just asking, you know, the main question. What brought you into chiropractic? So what brought me into chiropractic might be different from some of your other professors. I sat down at 10th grade being the first person in my family to go to high school, just to go to high school, not graduate. And I sat down, it was an economics day, and I started researching careers and chiropractic came across the radar and I was like, oh, look at this, that looks interesting. And that's how it started. That was it. I'd never been to a chiropractor before in my life. I had never been to a dentist at that point in my life in 10th grade in high school. So again, I was reading and researching and I was like, oh man, a doctor. That sounds cool. He deals with the human body. Oh, that sounds great. I'd been into weightlifting and exercise since I was 13. So it kind of meshed with my mindset. Oh, okay, I'm going to work with the natural parts of the body to help heal. That sounds fantastic. I'm going to do that. That was 1997. You would not be able to tell that was 1997. I promise you guys, as you can tell, you, can, you can't even tell like he's aged a bit. I promise you, <laughs> you cannot tell. Um, but I just, that, that's actually, that is very, very different than what our other guests have uh, came on and told us. And that's actually, I, I'm actually very, very happy that you shared that. Thank you. I, I would like to say something. It's, it's funny because I remember when I was sitting in my, 
um, I believe it was exercise principles class in my undergraduate degree, um, we had to do a similar project where it was like, you know, let's find the, um, I think it was like the Better Business Bureau or something like that. Um, what were the 10 most satisfying and 10 most, you know, um, overall like successful uh, careers in, you know, the next 10 years and what's projected to grow the most in the next 10 years. And at the time I was gonna be a PT student. And you know that was like my goal. I was like, all right, I'm gonna go to PT school. I'm from Florida, so I was ready to go to St. Augustine University. I was like, yep, I'm set, I'm golden. I already know where I'm going. I already know who I'm talking to, blah, 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 right? Well, similarly to Dr. Lunchford, I was sitting there and I'm like, man, what's this chiropractic thing that keeps popping up? It was like one of the best, one of the most, uh, you know, um, one of the most like happiest careers overall, like most satisfying job careers. Boom, chiropractic was like number three. And then it was like one of the most um, biggest, highest outlook careers. Boom, chiropractic was like number one, number two. And it was like, you just kept seeing it pop up. And that's crazy, man. I'm, I, I love that somebody else was in a, in a similar situation to me and they came, they came across that um, in that same way. So I have a, but I have another, I have a little bit of a different question. What advice do you have for any fellow chiropractic students or future prospective chiropractic students that want to enter into this program? Yeah, that, that's a really great question. For me, it typically comes back to the idea of having an anchor. And really, you'll see a quote that says, who can anchor to an unanchored mind? And when you're going through the program, having gone through it myself, I can tell you there's times you just, you want to quit. I mean, you, you want to throw in the towel, there's too many classes, there's too many tests, the teachers are, they seem like they're unfair. So, and I can really resonate with all that. And there comes a time where you're in the program, and I think it happens to everybody, or at least most everybody, where you, you just decide, you know what, I'm done, I quit. Times like that, if you don't have some sort of anchor, something that rooted you and, and sort of pulled you into chiropractic, and you don't have something like that to reflect onto, I think it's easier for you to get lost at sea, so to speak. If you don't have an anchor in your ship, you just kind of drift off to sea eventually. But if you have something, it could be loving people, it could be simple, it could be money. I, I mean, you know, chiropractors do make good money, and that's, that's a good thing. Uh, maybe it's the thought of uh, an experience you had where chiropractic literally allowed you to walk and you weren't able to walk before you got that adjustment. I mean, whatever that anchor is, it has to speak true to you so that in your time of need, you can actually grab a hold of it and kind of pull yourself back together so that you don't quit. Because we all have been there. I was there. Everybody's been there. So I, I would suggest that. I just want to tune in um, with that um, by saying, um, Basically, having this podcast is basically like an anchor for me. Um, being around these guys each and like each and every day, basically, and seeing the success that they have in classes, seeing the success that others have, um, as well as yourself, seeing how you you really really enjoy your job. Every time I sit and come to your class, you're always smiling. Like I. I haven't seen you one day without smiling. So that actually brings very that 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 kind of reassures me that I am gonna like probably enjoy my enjoy my job. Like I want to be able to I want to be able to smile like you when I when I you know when I graduate and things like that. So I I just I just want to say thank you guys as as a whole like as a whole podcast because y'all keep me anchored as well. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Dr. Longstreet, it's funny you mentioned an anchor 
because I I feel like I could speak for I would say four out of the five of us that are here today because some of us are taking two classes this quarter. <laughs> well, when your anchor is as strong as mine is, you don't need more than two classes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but an anchor is something that I personally have needed a lot this quarter. Um, even though I kind of overcame with quote unquote the hump last quarter with ortho, um, I'm I feel like this quarter for me has just been one of those things where it's like, I was actually talking to somebody the other day who told me this, like you put in all gas all through fifth quarter. And then I'm sure Ken could attest to this. You get to sixth quarter and you're past the, orth you're past the orthopedic diagnosis, you're past the pathology part one, and you get to this stage and you're like, dude, I'm tired. And I've, I've had to sit down, I'm sure John could attest, I'm sure everybody here could attest. There's times where I want to fall asleep in class. There's times where I have to drink two, three, four cups of coffee a day. Very unhealthy, by the way. But drink a bunch of coffee because I'm just so tired and I'm drained. But the only thing that really keeps me going, man, is the fact that I got a group of people that push me further and further every day, way out of my comfort zone. And kind of like how you're saying, um, you know, that that's the thing that keeps me going. Because if not, I don't think I would have, honestly, I don't think I would have made it past second quarter. And I remember you actually said that. I believe you were, I don't remember if this was when you, you had just become a full-time professor or it was, our, it was our first class that we had you, which I believe was musculoskeletal uh, gross anatomy. And you had said that you're like, guys, this, is, th this class is arguably one of the most important classes in your program. Own it. And you said, you know, be anchored in this knowledge and know that this is going to carry on through the rest of the program. And I'm a, I, I like to attest to that. Um, you are 100% right. That is one of the most important classes that um, that you had to take in the program. Because, you know, I took it twice. So, <laughs> so it definitely... Marcus it, loved it so much. He took it a second time. <laughs> <laughs> but it, I'm, I'm going to just be honest. If it wasn't for me taking it twice, like when I get in ortho and I actually have to name the muscles and uh, nerve root packages and stuff like that, it's just... it's. It comes to mind so fast and so fresh because I, I mean, like I said, I did take it twice, so I better know it. But it just it it gave me a baseline of just about every other class because if you don't know your muscles or anything like that, or your um or the nerves that run through them or anything like that, you just you're gonna be very very lost. <laughs> I promise you. Um, I'd like to jump off the idea of ortho and um, uh, Marcus mentioned other classes that you taught. We're, we always hear about um, Jan and Marcus uh, studying for ortho and I, I remember you were actually the lab teacher when I took ortho and um, as a couple other classes. What all classes have you taught here during the program? So currently right now I'm actually teaching uh, one of the sections of ortho lecture. We had a big group come in and they didn't have enough space in one classroom so I'm actually teaching the lecture for ortho this term. Uh, so that's one of the classes and then of course the labs, visceral diagnosis, uh, I teach CNS anatomy labs, I teach uh, musculoskeletal uh, labs, I teach visceral anatomy, head and neck anatomy, spinal anatomy, I teach osteology, I teach extremity clet, I've taught extremity adjusting. Uh, I mean, I, I can't think of a lot of classes that I haven't really taught, to be honest with you. On some level, either on a lab basis or teaching us even for like, even nutrition classes and things like that as well. So in other words, you built different. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, so, my, yeah, my mind works uh, a little bit. I, I get bored if I'm talking about one singular topic, so I enjoy sort of the challenge that comes with having lots of different topics. It, it forces me and stretches me a little bit, and instead of studying, I just teach a class, and I re-study it by teaching it, and that's how I, or at least that's the stage I'm at right now. I wanted to ask, uh, what made you become a uh, professor? You know, believe it or not, the first time I had an opportunity to teach was at a karate school. And I know that seems somewhat removed from what we're doing here on campus, but I remember being in the classroom, it was a karate studio, and, and being in that class setting, and just having the best time of my life. I mean, it was really incredible. I would teach these kids, adults, and, and just see the lights come on and, and see them sort of build towards uh, this confidence that they would build, this knowledge that they would build, and then I'd get to see the wisdom, the application of the knowledge that they had learned, and it was just so uh, invigorating to get to have an opportunity to do that, and it was the first inkling I had that I might like to be a teacher, and then at Life University, I worked in the anatomy lab, and I got to do a lot of dissections, and I would lead students through the uh, through different tutorials for a couple years and I remember thinking I was like man I love teaching like this is this is really who I am and that was while I was in the program and I can even say I don't even think it's just too far removed if you just keep it in a certain category as in you just you love seeing people do well mm -hmm. you love seeing people progress you love helping people grow as individuals not just physically but mentally mm -hmm. and so um I like that's just it's just wonderful to hear that you that it's you actually started off in a karate studio and not and not just as I, I, I don't really know I don't even really know where to go with it, but it's just I I don't mean to jump in and butt in on your on your comment, Marcus, but if you think about it, every single one of us in a sense has taken an approach in teaching. Whether, you know, for example, John was a coach, basketball coach. I coach soccer. You've coached football. Ken, he's coached. Alex, he teaches us all the time. Ken teaches all the time. I've heard about Ken. I've heard about Ken, you know, helping lower student, lower quarter students with Mopal and stuff like that. Alex is always teaching us all the stuff that he learns in his classes. In a sense, we all teach because that's also part of the reinforcement. So in a sense, I, I feel like that's that's kind of how we have to learn things anyway, is by teaching others. You know? I'm going to jump in and uh, <clears throat> kind of ask a question. So I know you became a professor full-time not too long ago, but where do you see yourself in maybe like the five, next five to ten years? So do you see yourself still being here at, at school, you know, teaching prospective students, or would you want to perhaps open up another practice or even be an associate somewhere or do you think that this is the career path that you're going to choose for the rest of your time? Yeah, so uh, just to give like a basic overview of the timeline, I graduated 2015, went to work for an office that was seeing around 900 people a week, so it was a pretty high volume office, went on to open my own office in Spartanburg, South Carolina, and sometimes I saw 100 a week. <laughs> not a day. So it's a pretty different uh, dynamic there. I actually came to work full-time at Life June 2018. I remember it because it was two days before my birthday and I was like this is a great present because that was one of the things I wanted. So I've been here with Life University since then full-time but I worked in clinical sciences and recently I switched over to basic sciences full-time so that's why it seems like maybe I just started as a, a full-time professor itself. But, but I have been here now for 
three and a half years. When I first got here, I still owned my office in Spartanburg, South Carolina, and I, I, I love practicing, and I do love the idea of having the flexibility and the schedule one day to be able to do that. A regular course load for a professor here is 15 hours, like that's the standard. I have 25 teaching hours, uh, and, and frequently I have 25, 28, so I, I teach a lot and my, my workload is almost out of two full-time professors here. So I haven't had the opportunity to get out and practice as much as I would like, and sometimes I, I do question that. Like, I spend so much time devoted to understanding the human body at a, at a high level, and yet I don't actually get an opportunity to actually apply some of those things. So when I get a chance to, I'll even go over across the street to our Masters of Chiropractic Sports Science and take care of some of the athletes just to keep my hands fresh. Uh, but I would say maybe in the next three years, couple years if my schedule becomes regular yeah I would absolutely jump back into practice uh, you mentioned that while while you moved here and started teaching that you still own your practice in mm -hmm. South Carolina um, what kind of advice would you give let's say us as future chiropractors we have our we have our clinic for however many years and we decide to retire mm -hmm. what kind of advice would you give us if let's say we're deciding whether we wanted to sell the practice or if we want to bring associates and have them run it do you have any advice that you could give to us thinking ahead i i would say that if you're you're in a situation where you've run your own office and you're debating hiring someone essentially to run it as an associate versus selling it I would look at what you've been doing for the last 40 years and 30 years or how many years you've had that practice. If you've had your office for 30 years and you've never expanded to a second office and you primarily were the doctor in that office, your best bet's probably to sell. You're not the kind of person who's going to manage well. And hiring someone else to run your clinic may not be the best choice for you. But if you're in an office for 30 years where you've hired two or three associates, you've got people working for you, you've maybe even opened up a satellite office, then you like have the business skills to be able to actually manage that and in that situation I would recommend hire an associate that way you can still profit off the practice uh, so really you have to look at it more like what is your business skill set and are you actually capable of actually running it from that point of view because you may do great as the owner by yourself but actually trying to manage someone else that's actually a very different skill set that has to be developed and if you haven't developed that skill I'd say in that situation you might be better off just selling Exactly. Thank you. I wanted to ask something. Uh, when the quarter started, Dr. Carter said you, uh, you and him are the ones that have the di diploma on orthopedic diagnosis. Yeah, right. Can you tell us about that, that process? How was it? How is this? That, that kind of stuff? Yeah, absolutely. I'd be happy to. Yeah, so the diplomate of chiropractic orthopedics recently went through, a, I, I guess we'll say, a leadership change, and now it's actually a diplomate in neuromusculoskeletal medicine, which is typically the diplomate that's given to practicing medical doctors, uh, neurologists, and orthopedists. So they changed the name to be more consistent with the actual certification we get in other primary health care positions. So you can still see that we can be called a diplomate by the American Chiropractic Board of Orthopedics, but we could also choose to have the title of International Neuromusculoskeletal Medicine as well too, and they're both equal equivalents. The program was through the, or at least it was offered through the University of Bridgeport, uh, Connecticut, which is, has a chiropractic program. They also have like a nursing program and other things like that. The program was fully online and it was absolutely amazing. The amount of depth 
that we got to go into was incredible. Now, I will say at that point, I had been teaching in ortho labs almost nonstop for two years. So I, I knew the material inside and out. So when, when I went through the program, I think I went through it it's a three-year program. I want to say I went through it in maybe nine months. I mean, but it was because I had such a strong foundation of it. I didn't really have to, I didn't have to stretch myself too much to learn new information, but I did have to add on what I knew. And it, it, it really was an incredible program. Yeah, I, th I think that it's definitely worth doing. It's a little expensive to do it, uh, but the knowledge you get is valuable. And I would say it's most valuable in its ability to teach you how to communicate with other healthcare providers. A big portion of the program, maybe 100 of the 300 total hours, was dedicated to teaching you how to not only identify a diagnosis from a patient who's been referred to you, or maybe maybe they went to a medical doctor and they didn't get any good results, so now they're at you or at your office. You're evaluating this patient and you don't agree with the medical doctor. How do you, in a very polite way, tell this medical doctor, here's what I did, without offending that doctor so that you can build relationships with that actual doctor and also make sure that you get the patient the care that they need. So again, I would say that was probably one of the biggest uh, values that I got out of that. It's a great program. I kind of want to do that now. You definitely piqued that interest with that. Like. Um, actually, I want to jump in before Denny jumps in. Since we have one of the professors who's over the course, I would like to ask a question to Marcus and Jan. Goldthwaite, how do you do it? No, no, no. So, no, no. Oh, I was ready. I was ready. <laughs> no. Well, since nobody's going to answer, I'll answer. No, I'm just kidding. I'm going to be honest with you guys. My head is only in pathology, too, and you're in analysis right now. So if it has nothing to do with the kidneys, don't ask me. Okay, well, I got this. And Dr. Lunsford can check me. Okay, so you bring the knee to the chest, and you're you're touching the lumbars and you're feeling to see if the, if the pain is before they separate, then it is SI joint. And then, and then if it's after they separate, it's a lumbar issue. Lumbosacral. You're digging for gold, right? So you gotta put the hand on the lumbar or you won't get credit, right? See, mm -hmm. yep. see we, 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 got, we make sure our group is, is always ready. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> um, Dr. Longford, I wanted to ask you um, a couple questions, but um, I'll shoot you one at a time. So, um, first question is, when you were in practice, what um, techniques did you use or what technique did you prefer to use? Um, and also, in a sense, I guess that kind of leads into my second question anyway, what patient base did you see primarily? Okay, yeah, so to answer your first question, starting out, uh, I almost didn't even believe in instruments. I had taken TRT and I loved it, but for whatever reason it didn't resonate with me. So when I first graduated, the doctor whose office I was working in, he left for two weeks. He just left. And like I said, it was like 900 patients a week. And so I started adjusting everybody full spine. I mean, boom. You, I mean, so you, you think maybe five adjustments per patient and there was 900 of them. And think about how many adjustments I did. I was hurting so bad. So when week two rolled around, I started grabbing the instrument and he had it on the wall and he showed me how to use it and I knew about it and he showed me how to go through the process and, and I started using it and I was like, oh wow, you know what? 
this actually works pretty well. And, and I was really surprised that there was a certain patient base that actually responded better to the instrument than they did my full spine style adjusting. So personally, I prefer more hands-on Thompson drop, full spine style adjusting, but that experience taught me the value of instrument style adjusting for certain patient types. And so really, I kind of adapted to whatever would work. I also deal a lot with extremities as well. That's one of the postgraduate certifications I have as a CCEP. And so I dealt with lots of athletes. So the different groups that I used really, I loved kids and I still do love kids and I loved uh, taking care of expecting moms. I would say maybe like 50% of my practice, maybe more, which is probably unusual for a male, but I had mostly expecting moms and kids that I took care of all day, every day. Other uh, group was probably a, a percentage of athletes themselves, uh, just always being into fitness myself, I was kind of drawn to that. And then the rest was just kind of your average wellness-based care. So I would say maybe 40% of the office was wellness-based, average, go get them people 30 to maybe 60 years old, and then some geriatrics. But the core of my practice actually was expecting moms and, and kids, believe it or not. Wow, that, that's, that's really cool. I, um, I appreciate the fact that you gave us an eye into your, um, to your practice. One, my, I have another question that I forgot I was going to ask. I'm sorry. I know I always hog the mic, y'all. Um, <laughs> with, with you becoming a diplomate, um, what were the benefits? Because I'm kind of on the fence about becoming a diplomate in a, in a few different things, um, as well as getting the certification. Because um, three, Marcus, Jan, and myself were all in the sports chiropractic mm -hmm. um, master's program, and that grants us the ability to be able to get certified in sports chiropractic, as well as extremities and stuff like that. So, what benefits have you seen to like the diplomate in um, orthopedics, as well as the certifications in extremities? So, so one of the first things I would say, and, and this may sound kind of, um, it may sound not so good in some ways, but the truth is, is it going to make you any money? I mean, if you're going to spend five, ten thousand dollars, or getting another master's degree, maybe even upwards of fifteen or twenty thousand dollars, at the end of the day, do you actually need it, and will it give you more income? And if the answer is no, then it's kind of like, why are you doing it? So if it's not gonna help bring more money and it's not needed, then maybe you don't need it, apart from the fact that maybe you love to learn more about the human body, which is one of the things for me. So I have, a, uh, I have the BS, I have a master's degree, I have the doctorate, I have the diplomate, I have the CCP, and I'm in a PhD program. So I've done all these different programs. And at the end of the day, that's really one thing you have to ask yourselves, is it actually financially viable for me to spend 15, 20, $5,000? Is it actually gonna make a difference? The other thing I might would say is, where do you wanna practice? And if where you wanna practice, everyone has the CCSP, which is one of the certifications you can set for if you do the master's program here, uh, then maybe you need that. But if you are wanting to, to be in, in Montana and no one there has any postgraduate certifications, why do you need it? So again, does it fit where you're going to practice? And you could argue that maybe it'll set you apart by having that postgraduate certification, and it definitely would. But at the same time, is it worth the time and the investment of money you're going to make for it? Now, me, I, I love learning. Like I, I don't. When I took the Strength Finders 2.0 assessment, my top thing was learner, achiever, and leader. And so that's me in a nutshell. I, I love to learn. So for me, even though at the end of the day, I don't know that it necessarily would change some of my financial stuff, uh, it, it impacted me because I, I wanted to learn that. On the flip side of it though, when you are a specialist and you can 
charge more money for your services so you are open i guess to to more i guess specialized groups of people who will pay you more money to take care of them and having the diplomate itself was something i did as a professor here at life university so i never saw that influence specifically in the practice itself because i used it essentially so i could be better for you guys uh, i i saw a, a need i guess to sort of uh, be better so that I could be a better teacher and one of the reasons why I did it was for that and and it definitely helped on that end and it made me a better teacher that was great thank you for that I have one question that kind of sums it up a little bit but what's one piece of advice that you would give to your younger self when you first started this program trust yourself and say trust yourself uh, I told you that I decided in 1997 I would become a chiropractor I didn't graduate until 2015 I chased that dream for probably 20 years almost 20 years and changed my mind so many times had I actually just committed I would have been done when I was 25 and I could have done all these other degrees if I wanted to do those different degrees but had I just trusted myself and, and just believed in myself it would have made a big difference and, and I'll share this with you in 2008 I actually started chiropractic school at a different place put all this ridiculous pressure tremendous pressure I mean I had to make straight A's I would I'd wake up at 5 and I'd study until like late at night by week five, I was having debilitating migraines. I was, uh, I literally was laid up in the floor crying. I mean, I, I and again, I, I, I was a karate teacher. I was a big, tough guy. And I was under this brutal pain that was so significant. I was just rolling around in the floor crying. It was absolutely horrible. One day, I, I just decided, you know what? I can't do this. And I didn't go back to that school. I didn't go clean out my locker. I didn't tell anybody I was leaving. And I just quit. That was 2008. Again, I mean, I put myself under ridiculous pressure, and there I was after all these years trying to, you know, achieve this dream, and and I failed. And and honestly, the story could have stopped there, and I could have gone on to do something else with my life, but I couldn't. You know, there was just something inside me that said, "No, you're going to be a chiropractor, and this is this is what you want, and this is what's right for you." And so, despite that failure, which was a magnificent failure. <laughs> I pulled myself back together and in 2010, I, I, I came back to, it was 2011, I came back down here to Life University, committed to the process, I decided and had learned to trust myself and that's what I did. And, and even in times when I was taking radiology <laughs> with Dr. Fox, who was brutal at the time, I don't know if he's as brutal now as he was then, but he was pretty brutal. <laughs> I remember taking that first test and I and I made like a, a 50 or something I couldn't believe it I had read Yoakman Row two or three times I'd been to every lecture I'd studied extra notes gone to extra labs and I made this horrible grade and I was on the way to drop my class and I said you know what Billy if you go drop this class you fail you but if you stick it out and you fail the class well then Dr. Fox failed you so we're gonna put it on him and instead you're gonna trust yourself and I ended up passing the class and, and again I would trust yourself that that thing you got inside you that got you here let it anchor you back to that moment that got you here and remember trust yourself keep moving forward you can do it well as one of your students I would like to say thank you for being anchored because you by completing and staying true to your mission you helped all of us students to learn and help us achieve our goals so I know I speak for all of us when I say thank you for that. Thank you. I just thank you. <laughs> I just, I don't have any words to really really describe like 
how how that made me feel uh, just as a student and as as a person in general like you could have you could have stopped way like way back then but you came on uh, you overcame and on uh, you conquered and you just and now we enjoy you so much as a professor and i just thought i should really really let you know that we enjoy you so much because you you like i said you come to class every day smiling every day ready to teach like it's just it's it's just something about that when you when you see someone or when you like you just have this glow about you i don't really know how to describe it like you walk in smiling um whatever you're doing every everybody stops what they're doing and they're ready to learn it's just i don't really know how to describe it yeah, I want to say the same thing. Uh, our second quarter, that was our first quarter on campus. Uh, I remember we got, we had you for Moscow, and those words for you to say stick with me. Yeah, it's that was gonna, my first it, time. It, the first time you took we took it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you say it's gonna be worth it. It's hard. It's difficult. It's gonna be worth it. Trust me. And that that stuck with me. It's something that you know I enjoyed the whole process. It's just. It's something different. I do remember those exact words. Yeah. Even though I didn't have you for Muscal, I had you for visceral diagnosis. That was my first class with you, my only class with you, unfortunately. But still, amazing experience. You're just an overall positive and always wanting to make people better type attitude. I, I would like to interrupt Marcus no, because, um, you know, you know me. I. If there's one thing that I that I could say about Dr. Lungsford is that there has never been a time where I don't see you and you aren't eager. Whether it's you're eager to learn, you're eager to conversate, you're always eager. And that, like for example, today I I'm sure he could I'm sure he could tell you I was literally laid out on the floor almost falling asleep while I was studying. And he gets up and he's like, hey man, how's it going? And I'm like, I get literally fix my posture, get up right, and I'm like, I'm ready. And it was just, it was that energy that Marcus was talking about, that it, that motivation of where, if, I, if he can come in here teaching 25 credit hours worth of classes, and I can tell y'all, even though we might complain about learning, teaching is by far a lot more strenuous then and i'm pretty sure we can all agree here that teaching is teaching is no joke because you really got to know your stuff but you know he i i felt motivated instantly and I, I i'm not gonna lie to you i walked into pathology and i was thinking i'm like man like dr lunchford's out here every single day teaching all these classes and now that i know that you teach all of that i mean wow i i'm i'm dumbfounded that that's awesome thank you well, speaking about all this positivity you didn't get a positives for gold with huh is it? I did. No, 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 no. It, it. Uh, it was lumbar issue. Localized, <laughs> localized pain in the low back or pain radiating down the leg. Just in case you was wondering. So we're gonna pretend like you don't have the the manual out. Okay. <laughs> but I just want to, you know, sit back and thank you uh, for sharing that, and I just want to thank you for coming on this podcast and sharing such such great things like it it got a little emotional um as you know it got a little emotional but it was it was well worth it and i'm very very glad you came on i just want to say thank you so much you're welcome i love being here i really appreciate it yeah thank you very much thank you dr longstreet thanks again and we out yeah